Hi guys, I'm James. And I'm Chloe, and you listen to This Is What We Know. And I really slurred that. I was like, and you're... You've been drinking. <laughs> uh, and today's episode is kind of an extension on last the last episode. I'm not going to say last week, so I don't know how far apart we're going to do this. Last time's episode. Um, <laughs> and today we're talking, we're expanding on the travel uh, theme, but we're talking about working and living overseas from your home country yeah escaping um, your your home country escaping the rat race to yeah. join a different, a different rat race a different set of rats <laughs> i feel like you're just calling foreigners rats now by accident I, I, to be fair i think i called all people rats this is true that it's not offensive then is it no exactly as long as you meet everyone it's fine yeah. um, um i feel like anyone that's very sensitive has probably stopped listening to our podcast by now Hopefully. <laughs> um, I'm uh, really sorry if we offended you. Yeah. We, by calling you a rat. <laughs> it's alright, we call ourselves rats as well, so it's fine. We love rats, we have pet rats. Yeah. And by that I mean actual rats, not people. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. What are we doing? Uh, we're talking about working overseas. Okay. Um, I have no experience of this at all, so this is going to be this is, yeah. interesting. And I have worked, um, I did a couple of years in New Zealand... And then a couple in Australia, and then back to New Zealand again. Because you thought um, it was better. <laughs> it was better. Sorry, Australians. Uh, I preferred it. That's not to say it was better. Both places have uh, good features. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Um, and I was doing that working as a groom for show jumpers. Mm. Um, so that's working with horses for people that aren't up to speed with all the lingo. Um, <laughs> that aren't cool. <laughs> that aren't cool like me. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry for you. I love how it's taken us almost two minutes just to even like, get into the episode. Uh, we still have COVID. Yeah. Just so you know, that's why we're croaky. Or yeah. I'm croaky. James sounds fine because once again, I'm really ill with COVID and James is fine. Yeah. The last time we had this, this is exactly what happened. Yeah. It was quite annoying. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> but to be fair though, I'd rather be like this than... Yeah. At least, at least we're not really ill. No. So, you know, we can't really be too angry. No. Um, okay, then, so, so I guess, where do you want to start? I'm just wondering, have you ever considered working abroad? You can say no. No. No? <laughs> I was just wondering. Not it's in not the, something like, we've ever really talked about. Obviously, apart from what I used to do, maybe getting posted abroad. Yeah. Like, otherwise I haven't really yeah, considered I, it. Well, that is working abroad. It's that's diff- very different Yeah, because you're, you're sort of working under a... Steam under a home country purview aren't you effectively yeah exactly and everyone you work with is still british yeah and, yeah or wherever you're from you know yeah yeah um, never yeah exactly yeah that, that's probably about as like close as it's been to like sort of really thinking yeah. about it and obviously that's not possibly permanently that's that might be like six months yeah yeah like exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah um so i guess we'll start with maybe why i decided to work yeah abroad. i think that's a good place yeah. to start with so i was working so i left um what we call college here in the uk which is i was 18 and i decided to take a gap year before i went to university um and work with horses i had my own horse at the time i was competing i was show jumping um and i yeah i I took this gap year and i worked at a stables in in the uk and i had a really wonderful time actually it was probably the best job i've ever had to this day um And, and yeah, and I eventually decided not to go to university. It was too much money. I didn't think it was going to do anything for me, which to this day I stand by as the right decision for me, not necessarily for everyone. Um, so, and then I'd been working at that job about a year and a half, like I said, really enjoying it. Um, but for various reasons, I ended up having to sell 
my horse that I was competing at the time so I ended up without a horse and I, I decided it was time for something that was that was very emotional for me and I decided it was time to do something different um, so I sort of started looking for work you know around and I came across this advert for a job hmm. in New Zealand yeah. um, and so my parents spent three months in New Zealand uh, in the late 80s and they always told me it was you know wonderful best place ever <laughs> they loved it yeah and I'd never been but I you know it was something I was interested in and and so I ended up writing uh, writing an email to the people with this job advert um, and she actually said oh you know we're gonna be in France for the world championships mm. in the next couple of months you know and I, I was going over for the world championships um not to compete saying that now <laughs> um, uh, so I ended up going out there and I, I met the, uh, the woman that I ended up working for and she was lovely and I just felt really confident that that was a good job for me um and you can get something called working holiday visas mm. um for quite a few countries so New Zealand Australia I know you can get them for Canada um, various countries that are sort of I guess you'd call them like a backpacking visa so it's a year's visa that you can work yes um, yeah because normally on a tourist visa you can't work no um, so I got that visa packed my bags off I went and I was 19 yeah and yeah you just hopped on a flight and yeah off you went and the funny thing is people ask me all the time oh like weren't you scared and I really wasn't it, I'd be more scared to do it now going off of what we discussed in the previous episode yeah. you've done a lot of traveling yes so that probably did and help. and as i've said i'd met you know the woman i was going to be working yeah. for i was happy that i got on with her yes and and i've you know i've always been really lucky with all my jobs i've always landed on my feet you know i've never really had a bad okay. one um and i i think that's partly my attitude towards them frankly but it's also nepotism <laughs> uh, no it's not nepotism i'm messing um no i didn't get any of these jobs through nepotism <laughs> um yeah, and I, I, you know, I loved what I did, and I was good at it, which makes, uh, which obviously makes uh, yeah. impact. You are very, very competent at jobs. Yeah, and, and obviously, I've got to say that because I'm your partner. But well, you don't have to. Well, you're I rubbish. Yeah, but with the horses, you know, I'd had horses all my life. I knew what I was doing. You know, I could ride the show jumpers quite happily. You know, I was happy. And, yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, I ended up in New Zealand. Um, and I loved it. I had the best time. It was wonderful. And I extended my um, working holiday visa for another year because hmm. you can do that for up to two years. So I was there for two years. Yeah. Um, and then when my visa expired, I wasn't ready to go home. So <laughs> like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> so the lady that I was working for in New Zealand put me in touch with a guy in Australia and I got a working holiday visa and I went over there. Yes. I was over there for two years. Um, again, horses working for the, for the guy that... Um, my previous boss put me in touch with mm -hmm. yeah had a great time yeah um and then when my visas expired in australia i decided to try and get a working visa for new zealand which i did and i went back to new zealand at mm. a different job yeah uh, i was there for about a year and a half um was that when you got sick yeah so i had um well, we'll be honest with it i had some mental health problems um S speak up you know yeah exactly um so i was having a lot of issues with anxiety and i had a pretty much breakdown um when i was over there for a number of reasons i'm not going to go into no. all the reasons but it had to do with um to be honest it did have a bit to do with being having been you know on my own for so long yeah um and and having to 
you know the responsibility and the role and all their various things um was this when you, at the point where you got to where you were running a yard yeah yeah i was gonna yeah, say because so i remember I had, like... yeah so i was living on my own at, at this stables so i was on my own a lot and where i was i didn't really know anyone um and i had a lot of responsibility i think maybe um, just a brief moment to touch on like yeah. sort of actually how much you were working because oh, yeah. I feel like people don't really understand when it comes to horses I mean, how much you actually have to put in. So I would be working, you know, sort of at all these jobs, really, six days a week, but also doing stuff at the yard, you know, on the seventh day. Long days, you know, minimum 12-hour days. Um, it's, you know, it's dangerous, potentially. It's very high pressure, and people think it wouldn't be, but because of the value of horses and, and the you know how much stress people put on the competition aspect of it for when you mm. are when you're a professional rider you know it's, it's high stakes um so it's, it's quite a stressful job um and a lot yeah a lot of people don't really not believe me when i say that but they don't think they fully understand the extent of that um, i think people have this like very sanitized image of you know the horses in a, in a field oh yeah you're playing with ponies yeah and <laughs> that's yeah. kind of all you do but no, there is serious. so much more. It's high pressure. It's high skilled, um, and yeah. Anyway, but anyway, we won't go too much into that. No. But um, so w- when I had these mental health issues, and I went to a doctor, which if you are struggling with your mental health, that's something you should really do. Yeah, always and, um, speak to someone. Yeah, and I spoke to a wonderful doctor, who really helped me. And one of her suggestions was that I go home for a while, for a few years, and just you know ground myself at home and with my family and that's what I decided to do um so I came home in early 2019 and I met James in late 2019 um cursed with me (laughs) yeah no no and then obviously Covid started 2020 so that's sort of been um you know that's kind of put an end to any future plans really for the time being um and you're sort of comfortable aren't you now as well yeah I'm happy here and you know you've got a reasonably well-paid job we've got we've got a good life yeah you know which is not to say that i you know i never want to leave the uk ever again i I would like to return to new zealand to be honest um but you know we're happy here yeah and i think it's something to say as well um while you know getting a very good quality groom is difficult yeah the money isn't good the money's not good like you're working all the hours under the mm. sun but you kind of have to just to make ends meet yeah and you and you end up living at work which is for those of you that have done it is can be quite difficult yeah um but we're not really selling it <laughs> um <laughs> but anyway so part of the reason we'll, we'll leave that that behind but part of the reason why i chose new zealand and then australia as places to work see this is different to places that you travel is because they're english speaking mm. so i have a little bit of a few other languages but by I'm no means fluent enough to work in them no. Um, so that was quite important to me was somewhere that I could come you know I could work in English yes um, because I think it's quite isolating to be in a country where you don't really speak the language yeah I think that's um, a big thing isn't it and also driving on the same side of the road as we're <laughs> yeah, used to I would say that's probably helpful um, yeah and a few things like that were those, and those were the reasons why I chose those countries also the climate and the lifestyle yes um, yeah yeah and I, you know, I had a wonderful time you know like I say I did have some mental health issues um, but actually, overall, you know, it was a wonderful life experience that I wouldn't change. No. And um, I think that's that's sort of the key thing to raise, I guess. I think it's important to say, obviously, that you were very stressed. 
And it wasn't just that, you know, what you yeah. were doing over there was causing it. That, that could have happened to me here. Yeah. Um, it just happened to not. No. Um, and a part one of the aggravating factors of that, which is something that if you are considering moving and living abroad, was the fact that I didn't have any family or any no, fallback on in that way. No, you didn't have any sort of support group at all, did you? Yeah, like, you know, I had obviously the people that I worked for who were lovely and various, you know, friends that I made, but that's not the same as having... Uh, a family from a work side of things you are yeah. an employee aren't you yeah, exactly. like as much as you know they can effectively exactly. be almost like a surrogate family yeah you are still working yeah. for them and it's very difficult when you work when you're living that kind of lifestyle um the kind of job i had etc it's quite difficult for to maintain like friends and relationships yes. Um, and you didn't really have any time to do anything, did yeah, you, exactly. either? Like, because while you, you did get out and mm. managed to have like you know some very good nights out from what you were telling me, obviously before, yeah, and, I like, used party guys, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously you know go out and yeah. do things. You had to fit it all around one twelve, my, thirteen hour shifts. Yeah, one of my biggest regrets actually from that time is that I spent didn't spend as much time as I would like exploring those countries, and <laughs> sorry, um, audio, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's that's something I would raise is that if you are lucky enough and fortunate enough to be able to live abroad, is I really take advantage of that time by going and doing some of the tourist things. And I did do hmm. some of them, but I didn't maybe do quite as many as as I wish I had. That's, but that's, that's because so you know busy. you're working, and yeah. you, when you live somewhere, you know it's no different to being at home. You know you no. do your washing, you go to the grocery store, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do all these things that maybe when when you're on holiday, you obviously don't need to do. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to separate that working abroad is not a holiday. No. Because <laughs> you have this, sort of, I think a lot of people have this like very, in, like, differential image. Yeah. <sighs> that, yeah, that you're, you're, it's sort of like being on holiday permanently. It's, it's, you know, it's not. No. And there's upsides of that, actually, because you can really immerse yourself in that country and yeah. the way people live yeah. and the lifestyles and, you know, make good friends, mm. you know, that are, that are, from from that place and i have some really great friends um that i met during that time mm. um so i think you know it's it's a great experience it oh, really is yeah and if you if you're if you have a career where you're able to do that kind of thing mm. i would really strongly recommend it um and a lot of people you know go somewhere and then find a job as well which is a equally valid way of doing it you know yeah um in the i was lucky in that the industry that i was working in you know, I was able to just pick yes, up a job it's anywhere, a very, basically. I don't know how to put this, like, but importable roles. Yeah, and it? it's very understaffed worldwide. But there is a reason for that. Partly, yeah, because they don't pay enough. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because um, they don't pay the enough. Because the hard. Yeah. Um, and lots of people like me, you know, do it for a good few years and are experienced and then leave the industry because of the treatment and the pay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think there is an element of obviously... The owners don't really appreciate actually how experienced you need to be to do the role well. Yeah. Because, see, they aren't usually actually involved in the day-to-day running. Uh, that depends on who you work for. Yeah, obviously yeah. you were involved with people who owned horses and actually were involved in it. Yeah. But a lot of times, obviously, you get these uber-rich yeah. clients, don't you, who own horses, who effectively, for lack of a better phrase, farm it out to um, like someone else. Who then actually does the day-to-day running of it? Yeah, that's probably less common than you'd think, but yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, this this is sort of we're currently talking about working with horses, and we're supposed to be yeah, talking about working abroad. Um, so, what should we cover? Um, so, obviously, you've mentioned where, like, let's start from the beginning. So, mm. choosing your destination. Yeah. 
So as I said, obviously this varies for most people, but for me, somewhere that I, you're interested in and you want to go, yeah. ideally somewhere that speaks the same language as you, just because yeah. that's much easier for work. Somewhere where you can get a working uh, working holiday visa for yeah. your first year, really, if you can. Um, I also yeah. say maybe like a slight thing as well is maybe someone with good connections to the UK. So if something goes wrong, you could probably get home. Like, it's not obviously you were quite lucky. <laughs> say, like New Zealand, the furthest possible place away from but, the UK. But it is part of the Commonwealth. Yeah. And I'm sure there are other things in play there that we like, you know, that would make it a bit easier to go home than yeah. it would be, say, if you, I don't know, went to uh, India. Potentially, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I'm using another place of yeah. a similar area to a lot of New yeah. Zealand. So I think um, it's worth saying, you know, like, we, we, and we've already covered it, but. See, working somewhere is different different to being on holiday there. And I do think being able to speak the language is important oh, if you're going to be there long thing. term. And I mean, you would learn a language if you lived in the yeah. country. Well, you'd hope so. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but I, I, that for me was a priority. I think something else that we haven't really said is um, when you're considering working abroad, meeting the person you're going to be working for. Yeah, I mean, it depends how you do it, doesn't it? Obviously, I was yeah, but even if you to... can do it on a computer screen. Yeah. Like, because obviously, the last thing you want to do is. You know, you fly out to this alien country, yeah, and it turns out you're not working for the person you thought you were, yeah. And it's it's almost like a bit of a scam, slightly, or like mm-hmm. you know, obviously, this is, doesn't happen in many countries nowadays, but there's always a chance for like sadly slavery. I think that's pretty unlikely. I know it is, but you know, if you made a really bad choice of like you know what you were going to go do, yeah, you Just don't want to be guys. getting in trouble and then getting stuck, do you? Just be sensible. Yeah. Um. Be. It, more cautious than you would be at home. Yeah. Um, but generally, at the same time, you can't go through your life being worried you're going to be kidnapped and made a slave. No. But remember um, that every like other countries have different employment laws. Yeah, that's something to bear in mind. And um, different laws in general. Again, like as you obviously said yeah. briefly, and we touched on the last episode as well, visas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, getting your visa... Make sure you do it right. Don't don't be someone working on a holiday visa or something like that. Because if you get caught, you will never get a work visa um, or and you residency can just get or anything from like the country, that. Yeah, exactly. You as well. And it's just wrong. So just be sensible with that kind of thing. If you need to speak to an immigration lawyer, I think that's quite a sensible thing to do. Um, they can help you with what's going to be the right visa type for you, and mm. potentially your employer that you're going to work for should be able to help you with that as well, um, because they'll know what they need. Um, <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and if they don't, be concerned. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so make sure you have your visa right before you go. Make sure you have all your paperwork, travel insurance. You can get mm. um, you can get travel in- backpackers travel insurance. It will last you up to about a year. But I would actually recommend you get travel insurance just to cover your, um, your, tra- your travel there and back. And then get health insurance yeah. in the country that you're going to be living in. Um, because that will just be a lot cheaper. I think Frankly. something to think about as well, if you're going to be abroad for a long period of time, is make sure your passport is in date. Because getting yeah. another passport, like you will effectively become an exile for both countries. Yeah, it can if be your difficult. passport is like um, expired, yeah. where you will probably be able to fly back into the country, but you will then be stuck in the airport, basically unable to enter the country properly till you have a new passport. Yeah, which is the thing that can happen. Where, I think like, they just don't let you leave. No, that's what I mean. You know, you're sort of stuck in the airport though, because they. No, won't... I mean, I think they don't let you leave the first country. Oh really? Mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's mm. never happened to me. No. Um, but yeah, so make sure you know exactly where you're going and you know how you're going to get there because you'll probably be jet lagged and trying to. 
Oh yeah. To get buses and taxis and go it's, from one city to another so when you're jet lagged. Thirteen hour flight was it? Or something? New Zealand is um about twenty four hours. Oh, there so you it's go. Yeah. normally like yeah. a fifteen hour and then a thirteen hour depending oh, on the way you yeah. go. Um and then it's twelve hours jet lag, so it's the complete opposite. Mm. Um But yeah, so make sure you know where you're going and you've got a good plan. Um something I would say is always have enough money to get home. Yes. Um so you need you want in the bank and you need actually for most of these working holiday visas a certain amount of money mm. um, and you need to prove that you've got it um, but yeah just make sure that you always have enough money in the bank to get home I think that's worse to live by in general to be fair yeah. regardless of what you're doing always make sure you have enough money to get home you know yeah. doesn't matter what you're doing it could be yeah. wh- whatever country um, you're in yeah. make sure you've always got enough money to get home and actually I that that once I'd lived there a bit longer I wasn't mm-hmm. so worried about that because I knew I had a fallback in those countries if I needed it yes um, but particularly when you first arrive and for those first few months yeah and I do I do know people that have gone over to Australia for example to work and hated it hmm. and come back within a couple of months I um, don't have a lot of experience obviously myself of working yeah. but I know from my family who've worked in other countries yeah. um, <laughs> they can be very sneaky if you're not careful in the, this isn't in every country and most countries are very above board but i know like um one of my family members they went over to another country and they were having a great time you know they were getting paid loads of money really good and then when the person who they were doing services for had felt like they'd gotten everything they could from them they basically just stopped paying them yeah. and then my family member was very lucky to be able to escape back to the uk because the people who they were working for just wanted to keep them in the country but didn't want to pay them any money for it and they were like oh well when we need you we'll call you basically and yeah they were very lucky to be able to get back in the time that they did uh so that's yeah make sure you've got enough money to get home on short notice yeah that's important (laughs) really is um (laughs) like that should be your be all and end all really like if you know everything else like a bit like over in like you know your home country when you know you should have enough money to pay the rent yeah, or like you, you know you need like a month's fallback kind yeah, of thing like yeah. you know bef- like nothing else matters make sure you've got enough money to get home yeah exactly because if everything else completely falls apart for whatever reason you're able to get home yeah this has turned very negative it has but um i don't know like yeah well it's realistic yeah it? yeah i think um, you have to be realistic about these things the other thing that you have to be realistic about which is quite or can be quite hard is leaving your family mm. and missing things like birthdays, weddings, yes. funerals potentially, you know, things like that that you're not able to get back for, that can be quite hard. Yeah, if if you're I don't know, you've got like young siblings. Yeah. Like whatever. Or even, well, hell, even if you've got kids, you know, and like yeah. they're young and for whatever reason you've let, you've had to leave the country or you've chosen to leave the country, remember that you're going to miss them growing up. Yeah. And um, God, we're really getting negative, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> but like, life moves on while you're abroad, yeah, yeah, and it can be very different when you get home. Yes, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just something to be aware of and be comfortable with. Yes, um, and you have to be a little bit selfish. Yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, if that's what you want to do, um, you are going to miss things, and yeah, you have to be a little bit selfish about that. Okay, um, so we've we've picked our place. We've gone very negative. Gone very negative about <laughs> about where we're actually going. Yeah, exactly. But I think uh, actually I would say that's part of like, you know, the acceptance. That's part of making the decision to do it. You have to re- admit that, you know, you are going to miss these things. Yeah, exactly. It? Like 
and you're that you're okay with missing them for a year or two yeah. years or what you know whatever you've got enough money to get home you've got your visa yeah yeah you're ready yeah yeah so now you're picking your place we'll no no we, we've picked our place we've sorry picked our place. all right we're, we're going over then or yeah. we're packing should yeah. we say we should, let's go with packing first what because obviously we're, we're we're different aren't we to a holiday where you can get yeah. away with more things i mean obviously you need things for the job you're going to be doing yes you need a variety of things for different weathers the, what i would say is that you can buy things over there and you probably will yeah so don't get too caught up in oh i need to take you know every possible clothing option or whatever you know a couple of good variations nice thick jacket Clothes for work. I would say, personally, the biggest thing I always think about, footwear. Yeah. Make sure your footwear's comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. This is something that you may be walking a long time in. Because mm. depending on where you're going, they might not accept your driver's licence if you have one. Or... or you probably don't have a car. No, no, that, no, that was what I was <clears> going to say as well, because you might be able to rent one if you've got enough money, at least initially. Oh, that would cost you money. At least initially. Like, yeah. you might be able to, like, you know, if even if it's just to, like... Or have a job like me where you'd get it as, like, a perk. Yeah. Yeah. I... So you you know get some good footwear that you don't mind walking like yeah. a, a good like several miles in. Just yeah, just don't don't bother packing every single thing you own. No, is what I would say. Pack the basics, the essentials, and then when you're out there, you'll learn what you need and you can buy yeah. it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be there for a long time, you cannot possibly pack everything that you would need. No. Um, it, pack some photos or some things to remind you of home. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's sort of what I would say. Yeah. Um, don't stress too much about the packing. You can buy things. And so it's a bit like when you when you first move out of home, isn't it? If, yeah. If, you know, if, if anyone who listens has moved out or if they're about to move out, yeah. Like you know, you aren't going to be taking everything like that your your parents own. Yeah. You know. Well, you're going to take even less than that. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like you know, you're you're, you're going to be taking your stuff and that's it. And so when you go to like travel to another country. You're going to be taking maybe like a backpack and a suitcase, aren't you? If, if yeah, and it's going to be a small like that, suitcase yeah. at that. Just have yeah, have have variation, have one of everything, and then you'll figure out what you need and you can mm. buy things. Um, yeah, when you're over there. Mm. So yeah, don't stress the packing too much. Don't worry too much about it. It will figure itself out. Mm-hmm. There are shops. <laughs> um, well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Depending on where you're going. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like you yeah. just don't. Yeah. Don't worry too much about about that, because um, you'll never be able to fit in everything you're going to need for a year's no. trip. I think charger, probably a, a key thing, like a, a form of contact with home. Yeah. Like you probably better <coughs> best be like a phone than maybe like a laptop because laptops just very large. I mean, I'd probably take your laptop if you go. Yeah. Over, yeah. No, but I mean, like I'm just thinking, like you know, basic. Like, I used to Skype on my tablet. This was pre-COVID, oh. pre-like Zoom and all these kind of things. So I had my tablet and I, that I read on. Yeah. Obviously, you don't. I'm a big reader, and you don't want to take hundreds of books. So <laughs> I'd have my tablet for reading and for Ninety percent of your bags just books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, again, don't don't stress when it. You, just relax. Just out of interest, when you arrived in the country, yeah. did they come pick you up and take you? No, I got the bus. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. That's, that's something I was interested in, yeah. Because yeah. obviously that could be... But um, Tarama, where I lived, was like three or four hours from Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so they're, yeah, they're not going to drive I think they out. offered, but I was like, do you know I'll just get the bus. It's just going to be easier. And Fair. It was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Yeah, so have a plan about where, where how you're going to get to your de- end destination. Mm. Um, I think, yeah. yeah, like, obviously, while you can't plan for everything, try and plan for most things that you can think of. Yeah, it'll just make it less stressful. Yeah, because like the last thing you want is to be 
in a foreign country where you went to be living and panic the first day you get there. Yeah. So one thing I will say from my experiences of homesickness, I'm not someone that really suffers with this, but everyone gets it. And my sort of rule that I've established from my own time and from other people that I've worked with that were from abroad um, is you sort of get homesick about the three day mark and then about three weeks and then about three months. <laughs> so just expect that that's going to happen. You know, you, you will get a bit, yeah, you will get homesick. Um, I think the three days is the excitement's over and now you've got to really face it. Yeah. Three weeks is kind of, you've got yourself settled and established in a bit of a routine. Mm. And now you're kind of like, oh God, I'm really here. <laughs> and then the three months is kind of, yeah, all the all the newness of living abroad is kind of worn off. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is my life now yeah. kind of thing. Um, but just expect that, you know, let also, it happen. It's natural. I think something, when something happens at home. Yeah. will probably be another time you probably maybe feel like that yeah. big pang like if you hear when something when Ed Sheeran happened... releases Castle on the Hill <laughs> <laughs> that is a good song is a yeah good song. it is it makes you homesick it does it really does <laughs> yeah, yeah it makes you very homesick it if does he, if he releases it three months after you've been living in yeah, Australia yeah that's fair <laughs> um, but yeah so anyway just expect a bit of homesickness it's perfectly natural you know it, it does pass I think that's the thing people some people can't seem to yes. cope with it and they come home but it does pass and you you know it's it is emotionally hard moving abroad. Um, I think something else, obviously, just before we go into sort of mm-hmm. like what to do when you get over there properly. Yeah, picking your job, something we haven't really sort of talked about. I, was... I don't really know because obviously the the work, you know, the way I had, I was able to get over there mm. is um. You were already doing it. Basically. I already had a job. I knew I was good at it, and I think that's something probably take your current career if you can and just transfer that over don't try and do a whole new career no because obviously you might not be good at it (laughs) and at that point then you have to try and find a new job over in your also it's a a huge amount to learn when you start a new job and if you're also trying to learn about the place that you're living and and all these various it's not like a tv show and remember it is reasonably hard to get a job as an international person in you know if you're only going to be there for a year it's quite hard to get a what i'd call a serious job because people don't want you if you're only going to be there for a year so accept that you may be doing something like fruit picking cleaning those kind of jobs but if you're living cheaply if you're living as a backpacker that should cover Mm. you financially obviously if you're if you have a skill like that they're usually what they look for aren't they like i don't know if you were like a plumber or something yeah like that can usually get yeah, you. Yeah, I've quite got a, a good... friend um, that came over to New Zealand. I actually met him in Rome, oh. he, and I talked him into coming over to New Zealand. <laughs> um, and he's he came over the year after me. He's a carpenter, mm. and he's still out there, yeah. living out there. Um, but that's the kind of thing, you know. Those kind of manual roles are mm. much easier to find um, short-term work. It's also in. translatable. Yeah, it's exactly. more translatable, obviously, because like you go over to the foreign country and. Um, they have completely different systems for doing certain things. Yeah. So, say if you're a banker, they might have a completely different banking system to the one you yeah. have in your country, for um, example. A lot of jobs, there may be kind of like a an exchange scheme, is I yeah. guess the best way of putting it. Yeah, I know they do um, that so, Yeah, exactly. So, for example, maybe if you're a nurse, you might be able to do like an exchange kind of scheme where you go over there for a year or two. That's a really good way of doing it because yes. the system's already in place. And you're supported. Yeah. by the work that you're going to and sort of like yeah exactly you know, and your current role yeah. and you know you've got a job to they go back to they usually provide you, you a house home. as well when you're yeah, over exactly. there so you're already sort of like cocooned yeah. almost aren't you a lot of people I know did it um, 
travelled as sort of semi-professional sports people. Yes. Um, so rugby players and that kind of thing um, will go over for like six months to another country. That's a really good way to do it if you're yeah. if you're able to. Um, there's lots of options, and obviously it depends on what your job is and what your skills are. So hopefully you'll know better than we do um, <laughs> yeah, what your crossed. options are. <laughs> if you're looking to us to explain what your, your profession is, yeah. then that's a worry. <laughs> but I think that the key thing is just be aware that it can be a little bit hard to get serious professional roles yeah. um, because you're only going to be there for a year or two. If you've got a proper visa and you're going to be there for longer, that's a bit different. But on those working holiday visas, it can be a little bit tricky to get yeah, professional yes. work, shall we say. Okay um, then. So we've we've done our 24-hour flight yeah. and we've arrived in our new country. Yep. So what I would say, my advice would be get to get to where you're going to be staying and get yourself set up. Leave yourself a couple of days before you start your job if you can. Oh, God, yeah. To be able to get yourself set up and sorted. It's a little bit different with what I was doing because I was obviously living at work. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, figuring, figuring out just the the day-to-day things you need to open a bank account probably Mm. you need to get make sure you've got a phone that's set up and working um so there's a few things like that that can yeah because all all the things that you think might work in your country may not work in the new country yeah so get yourself set up get yourself settled in do a little exploration of your area that you've moved to Mm -hmm. and then i would recommend spending a good couple of weeks getting yourself settled in at your job um before you start doing any traveling on the weekends or... or anything like that like you've got a lot of time yeah um so just make sure you're comfortable make sure you know where your supermarket is and all there's all these factors that are worth mm. taking into account you know getting the hang of your local area yeah um before you start really exploring and making sure you're happy and comfortable in your job and in your new home and all these things um think... don't don't rush out desperately trying to make friends no. i know that sounds a bit silly but it you know making friends in a new country does take time um, and it will happen for if you. You have a hobby. Yeah. Like we're obviously very into climbing. Yeah. That can be a good way to make friends in foreign countries because mm. obviously you just get fall in with the crowd of climbers or whatever yeah. it is that you do, like over yeah. in that country. Yeah. And the other thing I'd say is, you know, do a bit of research. Ask people that you work with about your area that you've moved to, because there will be things to do in your local area that aren't necessarily tourist things. Are kind of like the local things that will be really fun and interesting mm. and and take a bit of time to explore the place you've moved to before you start worrying about exploring the whole country yes um, that would be my advice to anyone moving overseas. i think it's very easy especially if like obviously i've never done it but i, I assume it'd be very easy when you first go over there to almost imagine it is a bit like that three week holiday yeah try and rush and out you're and trying to do everything and, in that time and it, actually, that will be quite stressful i think if yeah, you did that actually you do have a long time yeah i and and i think just talking to the people that you're working and living with about you know what what they think are kind of the highlights of, mm. of the area and you know going out and exploring just places to eat and and things like that in your local town you know that to me is as rewarding as going out and doing the tourist things because that's really making yourself at home yeah you know yeah no i agree and that's why you've moved to another country is to really experience it Mm. rather than just go and look at the tourist things which is not to say that you shouldn't do the tourist things and as i've already said i regret not doing them as much as i possibly should have um you were working all the hours under the sun so you didn't really have Um, as much of a chance did you yeah so just yeah sort of getting getting building those relationships with the people that you're living and working with getting to know your local area 
you know, don't rush out trying to do everything at once because you'll just be exhausted. Um, and it takes time to really get to know a place. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I think we've sort of covered, you know, getting there. Yeah. And obviously, the person themselves is going to experience being there. Well, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we can we can maybe skip to coming back. Coming home. Coming home is emotional. Um, because I'm assuming you've stayed in your new home because you, yeah. you liked it. So yeah. you maybe you've been there a couple of years and you finally made the decision to come home. And for me, there's always a little part that feels like that place that you've left is your home. Yeah. So you're, you're, from now on, you're going to always feel slightly torn. Yeah. Which I think is a, is a good thing in a lot of ways. I think that's fair. Um, so you're going to need to pack up a lot of your stuff. You've probably ended up with more stuff than you can fit in a bag. <laughs> yep. Um, so I would recommend going to one of those oversized baggage companies you can get that will post it home for you. You can also get it shipped home, which will be cheaper. Um, but just get it posted because shipping can take like three months, depending yeah. on where you're coming from. Except um, that you may lose a whole, almost all your stuff. Yeah, I lost some of my stuff coming back yeah, from Australia. That's my, yeah, that's my um, point. <laughs> yeah, which is annoying because I left some of my really nice clothes in a box and then lost them. Uh, <laughs> there, we go. there we go, that's life. Yep. I can get over it. <laughs> um, yeah, so get everything shipped back. You know, do Make sure you do things like close your bank accounts and things like that. Just tidy up all your loose edges yes. um, because you don't want to have them coming back to bite you because you've got some, I don't know, some direct debit coming out of your account and yeah. suddenly you owe £300 or something like that. Or um, more. Or more, <laughs> potentially, yeah. So just make sure you close up all your all your ends. Um, you'll be able to come back and visit, so, you know, don't be yeah. too devastated. It is hard um, and it is really emotional leaving. Except that you probably might lose contact with some of the friends you've made. Yeah, not everyone will you will stay as close as as you'd like, but the important ones you'll, you'll keep in touch yes. with. So don't... Yeah. Don't stress about that kind of because stuff. Because I think it's important to say that people bond yeah. over the fact that they're there. Yeah, exactly. More than actually over the fact, you know, you might have made a load of friends over there yeah. because you all come from a similar area. Yeah. But you're actually usually bonded over the fact you're over there in the first place. Yeah, you don't necessarily actually have anything in common. No. Um, and so once you leave, while you might talk for a while, yeah. you start to fracture apart. To, and yeah. like when you realise, oh, actually, it's sort of that, that shared adversity yeah exactly um but yeah other than that i don't really have any advice for coming home um maybe have someone at the other end to pick you up yeah or it can, at, it can at help. least have the plan of yeah. what you're going to be doing and where you're going to be living and all that um and have it all planned out the same as when you went to your yeah. your new country because it's almost it's almost similar to yeah to when you went to the foreign country to begin with in that you don't necessarily have everything set up and things will have changed yeah. and you know you might feel quite unsure and quite lost for a few weeks if you can Obviously, if you've got family, because mm. not everyone has obviously family they can go back yeah, to. Yeah. But if you can, go back to your family. Yeah, go stay with if, your if, family. If they will let you, yeah. maybe give yourself a two-week period. Mm. Like where you can sort of, you don't, you know, you're not looking for a job. Maybe, yeah. maybe you've saved a bit of money from obviously your job that when you had when you were overseas. Yeah. Um, and you can just decompress. Yeah. And you can just have a breather and be like, I'm back. Yeah. I need to now find a job to do. Like, yeah. And I think something that I found when I came home was that the UK almost felt like a foreign country to me. Yeah. So all those things that I had to do when I first moved overseas, you know, yeah. settling in, finding things, exploring the area, I sort of <laughs> almost ended up doing all of those again, yes. even though I was moving into the house that I lived in <laughs> as a child, you know. Um, Whose door is this? It says Chloe on it. Who's exactly. That? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, when you've been overseas for a long time, all these things do feel 
slightly weird you know like the trees all look different and there's so much more traffic over here like all these little things just take a while to adjust to yes um so yeah so just be kind to yourself take a bit of time understand that this is you know this can be quite emotional you know you've made a home overseas and then you've left it um yeah you might find you very anxious at least in the short term yeah I, and it's important <laughs> to accept that you know these feelings are natural yeah exactly. like all these feelings are natural but they will they will go away in time yeah you know it's okay and you will miss people and places that you've been and you've lived and and that's fine that's natural but it's also part of life that you move on yeah I think something I almost struggled with when I came home was I spent so much time being, you know, that person that's travelling. Oh, yeah. That it almost felt a bit, like, anticlimactic to come home, you know? Yeah, like, you... a bit like I'd kind of let down my reputation yeah, or you, something you've like lost, that. You've lost a lot of the accent now, but I remember when I first met yeah. you, you were very... I had you you had a accent. very interesting accent going on. Yeah. It was a very... It was an interesting mix of, like, Australian, New Zealand and English. Yeah. It was very, very... It made you feel very, like, unique. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so I just say, you know, be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, appreciate the fact that you can't necessarily do it forever. And I know that some people you know are maybe still doing it, but that's not right for you. And you've made the decision to come yeah. home for a reason. Yeah. Um, maybe you're moving on to somewhere else. Maybe you're, yeah, exactly. you know, and you're just going back for like a short period of time. Yeah. But whatever the reason is, you know, you, you've made it now. Yeah, exactly. You know, hopefully you had a great time. Yeah. You know, you've made friends, you'll have memories forever. And there are lots of adventures that you can do at home. Yeah. You know, it's not like living overseas is the only exciting thing in life. I feel like that <clears throat> could probably feel like that when you first get back. Yeah, it does. I was going to say, I bet yeah. it does, yeah. Like when, you know, when you've it's been that like far It's almost like you've away. kind of like, like had an exciting life and now it's over kind of You've thing. retired. <laughs> yeah, well, that is a bit what it feels like. But yeah. it's, that's not the case at all. You know, there's loads of exciting things in life that aren't to do with... Yeah, that aren't to do with travelling mm. and aren't to do with you know being the person that's abroad and i think that becomes part of your identity is that you know you're an english person living in new zealand or whatever yeah and then when you come back to just being an english person and you sort of lose feel like you've lost something mm. but that's not the case at all you know yeah I, I think that's really key yeah to stress um i don't know if we've really sold living abroad to be honest i think to be honest i think it's impossible to sell you know because you, really you go over there and you will have the un- most unique experience. That's the thing, yeah. You know, my experiences will not be your experiences relevant to anyone else's, else's experiences. really, other than a few key sort of key factors. Like you know, you you go from an airport or some yeah. sort of terminal. Yeah, and probably then, the homesickness. Yeah. Um. I yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. Have fun, and also, you know, when I was doing that, or even now, if I tell people about that. A lot of people say to me, oh, you know, I wish I, oh, could, I, wish I could do that. I wish I could have done that. And oh, I got that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's literally, I, that kind of annoys me in a way, yeah, actually. Yeah, because same. it's kind of like there's nothing stopping you. Yes. You know, with the exception of, you know, maybe if you have people that rely on you, yeah. kids, you know, you're a carer for your parents. There are a few things that are stopping you. But for most people, the only thing that's stopping them is fear, basically. Yes. Yeah. And yes, of course, you're scared when you make that choice. Um, but it's about being brave yeah taking the leap you know you're not going to regret it no even if you hate it and you end up coming home yeah. you know that's a life experience that's a learning experience yeah. and and now you know that it's not for you mm. so yeah, it almost kind of annoys me when people say that because i just want to be like nothing's yeah. stopping you you can you know yeah it's not like you need any specific qualification to go and yeah, do it yeah exactly I... yeah you maybe you need to save up a bit of money to yeah. get your initial cost yes yeah. yeah but you know i had to do that yeah. you know 
it, it's achievable. It's something that's achievable for everyone, and I think more people could do it than think that mm. they, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so that would be my main advice: is don't be scared. No. Don't feel like you can't do it. Obviously, there are some limiting factors or, that mean you won't be able to. Also, but the feelings that you're feeling are natural. Yeah. You know, don't worry about the fact that you are scared. Yeah, you're because, actually scared. You're going to be scared. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's allowed. <laughs> yeah. And part part of what's such a great experience is getting over that fear and getting through that fear and yeah. being like, actually, you know, there was nothing to be afraid of. People are just people. My life here is not that much different to my life anywhere no. else. And you're, you're, it's very rare to be truly self-sufficient. Oh, yeah. You're not go- you will meet people over there that will be become your new support network. Yeah. I, it's very and you don't really ever experience that unless you go across I think to some yeah. other country yeah. because you know you no longer have the safety net of being at home yeah like being at home in your home country yeah having your family nearby yeah having you know your or your old friends nearby friends and, and people that you know even if they're not your friends having yeah. you know acquaintances that if, you people that you know yeah so um, I think it, it gives you a very unique yeah. outlook um as yeah. you said, it, it's a chance to experience like something amazing. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I hope I hope if if you're listening to this and it's something you're thinking about but you're not sure, you know, I hope although we've been realistic. Yeah. You know, I I just would like to say that you should absolutely go for it. Yeah. You know, you won't regret it. As long as you've got enough money to get home, nothing that bad can happen to you. No. You know. Um. Yeah. So so. Yeah, that would be that's my my final point, I guess. <laughs> All right, so I've been James. I've been Chloe, and you've been listening to this is what we know. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.